fucked up the rap game, you need not. I just fucked what's her name, and you need not. She got a tattoo, and you need not. We about to form a little group, and you need not. Let's get it. Stuck in a rock in a hard place. Eminem pocket with God stay. Timberlands pop that jawbone. Now, bitch, nigga, tell me how the tar tastes. Yo, people, people, people. Welcome to a new episode of Echo Chamber. One film this week, but before we get to that, let us, uh, yeah, let's look at the top 15 films streaming right now. At number 15 is La Mans 66, aka Ford v Ferrari. At number 14, we've got Joker. At number 13, it's Spider-Man Far From Home At number 12 Playing With Fire At number 11 It's Knives Out At number 10 Sonic the Hedgehog At number 9 Spies in Disguise At number 8 It's The Gentleman At number 7 Jumanji The Next Level At number 6 we got Frozen 2 at number 5 Birds and blah, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Harley Quinn at number 4 Jojo Rabbit at number 3 we've got Star Wars 9 The Rise of Skywalker in at number 2 it's Onward and boom in at number one, 1917. So, uh, yeah, that's it, people. So, before we get to our review, let's um, listen to a little bit of information. All right, let's go. Okay, people. So, if you've been feeling a bit isolated, a little bit alone then my film club could be a ticket to um, a bit more connectivity okay so here's the deal my film club which recently turned its attention to home entertainment releases in light of cinema showings being on hold has further shown solidarity for the industry by getting behind movies together generating initiatives for community movies together is designed to remind moviegoers while cinemas are closed that the movies live on in each of us it invites people to make a pledge that we will be returning to cinemas and supporting our industry after lockdown. This messaging resonates deeply with the creators of My Film Club as the app traditionally focused on combating loneliness by encouraging face-to-face cinema meetups. My Film Club users are able to create groups or clubs with people who live near them and have similar genre preferences. 
They can then easily share the app's film information and showing times while sharing thoughts on new releases and organising cinema trips. Uh, home entertainment release schedules, trailers and download links have temporarily replaced cinema listings during lockdown. But the community spirit of my film club and its connective powers remains. It is for the this reason um, that they feel so passionately about supporting movies together and have included a button on the app to sign the pledge and join the movement. Warnings and stories about the effects of the coronavirus lockdown on the population's mental health have indicated that staying in touch with your community is more important than ever before. These warnings are particularly worrying seeing as in the late 2018, according to my film club's isolation study, 13% of society already feels isolated in their day-to-day life. Now 20%, with a further 59% saying they often do. Indeed, research by Sense suggests 50% of disabled people are lonely too, especially now. So, yeah. That's a huge thing, right? And the owner and creator of the app and Strike Media himself, Wes Merchant, you know, he was um, diagnosed uh, with migraine variant balance disorder five years ago. Okay. And, um, yeah, he he's found that um, what helped him through depression and anxiety and inspired him to get Mind Film Club off the ground was joining his local choir and a local running club and seeing the transformative effect of just being around others. You know, he says, I spent a great deal of money coming to the conclusion that community was the most important element in my recovery. And the community aspect of the app is my way of giving people that opportunity. So, yes, if you're feeling isolated, if you just want to connect with people that share your own passion for film then check out my film club my film club and uh yeah sign the movies together pledge okay people so if you are thinking to yourself what am i going to do on a saturday night well <laughs> don't worry there's lionsgate uk have got you covered all right, so um, you know they have decided to launch, like Lionsgate US, their own Lionsgate Live series, um, a night at the movies. So it's um, 
yeah, it, it, it's gonna. You can access it via their YouTube channel, uh, and they will be screening um, some really um, great films. All of them, like I think, award winning, right? So you've got La La Land, um, Eddie the Eagle, Bend It Like Beckham. And the Hunger Games. Alright, so, um, yeah, each film is part of, um, you know, a Night at the Movies initiative and will be presented by a unique celebrity host, including Edith Bowman, Keith Lemon, Jack Whitehall, and Jonathan Ross. Every Saturday, the event will feature special programming and interactive opportunities for fans, such as surprise guest appearances, real-time fan chat via YouTube Live, live tweeting um, at Lionsgate UK. Uh, Yeah, there's going to be costume contests, giveaways, and a lot more. One big thing, audiences will have the chance to join Lionsgate UK in helping the NHS charities together COVID-19 Urgent Appeal, who are currently supporting NHS staff and volunteers caring for COVID-19 patients and the film and TV charity COVID-19 Emergency Response, supporting the people behind the scenes who bring these stories to our screens. Okay, so it all starts this coming Saturday. Uh, That's the 2nd of May, and that will be La La Land. Then the 9th of May is Eddie the Eagle, The 16th of May is Bend It Like Beckham. And then the 23rd of May is the very first Hunger Games. So, um, yeah. People, get your popcorn. Have your beverages. And, uh, you know, enjoy yourself. You can sit back and... um, yeah, get down with any of these films. So, uh, yeah, have fun. Um, and, again, the information is in the episode info. All right? Great stuff. Okay, so now we've heard about movies together. And we know what's happening with um, Lionsgate Live. Now let's get to this week's film review. Okay, so this week's film is Edge of Extinction. Um, it's the new feature from Andrew Gilbert, who um, wrote the film and produced the film as well. Uh, so it's starring Luke Hudson, Chris Kay, Georgie Simbert, uh, Susan Lee Burton, Neil Somerville, 
uh, Richard Summers Calvert, Nicholas Chambers, uh, Bryn Hodgson. And the the gist of the feature is this, okay? So, 15 years after a global apocalypse, mankind is on the verge of extinction. Civilization no longer exists, food is scarce, and most eke out a living by stealing and killing. One man clings onto life in his bunker where he's staying away from others, has been key to his survival. But this self-imposed isolation comes to an abrupt end when he crosses paths with another group of survivors and faces an enemy far more brutal and savage than any of them could have imagined. So, yeah, that's the story. And, um, you know, sounds somewhat interesting, right? Like, you know, like, uh, you know, we've come across a few kind of post-apocalyptic films. Films where we, um, we see, you know, World War Three happen and then the world comes to an end. But the big thing is, you know what I mean, like... What's going to separate this? Like, what makes this one different? And so, from the beginning, you know, we are um, following... Like, we don't really get a name. I think he's just known as, like, the boy. Um, You know, Luke Hudson plays him. Hobson, even. And... um, yeah, so we, we see him just surviving, you know, going to collect water and cooking and just kind of keeping to himself. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, just a, a, he's kind of day to day existence. You know, they, they try and show it to be this bleak kind of just drudgery you know like nothing too eventful but just keeping in the shadows as it were you know trying to not bring attention to yourself and yeah that's how we're introduced we then have um a scene where he comes across like the outside gang, the cannibals, the marauders, the savages, and you know they they try and use this scene to show you know like how he's doing it, you know like his sensibilities, and they are keep to yourself, don't interact, you know don't get in other people's business. And so we we see these people, you know, grab someone. And, yeah, he doesn't help. He hides. You know, tries to make sure that they don't see him. They don't come for him. 
and that's it. So, you know, it, it's like the beginning is a clear statement on this is this dude, right? This is his character. So that's what we get. And yeah, so obviously they, they're doing that. So then when he properly encounters some people, you know, it, it's that balance of, oh, what should I do, and, you know, how do I navigate this situation, and that's the thing, so, you know, he, he, he bumps into this girl, and she manages convince him to let her stay, let her join up with him, and, uh, you know, the story kind of goes from there, you know, it's not what it seems, obviously, and that leads to a whole heap of other stuff, now, yeah, like, there are definitely questions that come to you, really, I mean, we we see him, you know, like, in this whole beginning montage bit, we're seeing, like, the um, security protocol he's kind of got in place. And so the big question is, is when the girl sneaks off, like, what happened to all of that? Like, it, it's set up so you can't open the door without, you know, people knowing. But she's able just to get out. And it was like, wait, what? You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, sometimes that, that happens in, you know, you find that with this film. Like, certain things happen and you're just like, wait, but that, huh? Doesn't make any sense. You know, like, um... The girl is kind of like a honey trap. But, right, so the, the whole... The whole reasoning of that, though, that, again, doesn't... It doesn't really make any sense. You know, there would have been a quicker way of just going about, you know, doing what, what they wanted to do. And so you're just like, wait, what? And then... Even when the decision, like, the, the guy makes a decision, right? He's like, okay, you can come. That's it. You don't, you don't have to do anything else. But, like, she keeps on trying. And it's just like, but, huh? Like, why? Because... The, you, you know what I mean, your goals have been achieved, <laughs> you know, that was the weird thing, it's just like, look, you wanted to get in, so then you can, you know, bring the others back, so you're in, so you don't have to do the, the rest of it, and so yeah, that was bizarre, that was weird, so um, yeah, this whole thing happens, and yeah, there's a, there's a, some you know there's this stuff at the at that bit which you know, doesn't make any sense, right? 
And um like the big thing being Oh man, there's there's I mean there's so I can't really there's you know having to um go too deep then you know you kind of reveal the story and you know so let, let yeah we it would just say that there's a lot that happens at that start you know her escape well not even escaping leaving trying to pass off a some misinformation but no but the fact that she was going to bring them back Anyway, then it's a bit like, well, that makes no, like, yeah, there was just too many things that were just weird in the whole beginning bit. He then goes after them. But then even that, because, right, so they're meant, they've meant to have been on their own trying to survive for a long time. You know, they, they, well, this girl and her two companions. So they were part of a bigger group, uh, you know. And so they've lit a fire, which then brings the marauders, the savages, the cannibals on them. And you think to yourself, hold on. If they've been out in the wild all this time. And, the, and like, that should be one thing, right? But And also, they were part of a bigger group. So, you'd think, if they didn't know themselves, there would have been people in the bigger group who would have been giving them this advice at that moment as well. You're not lighting fires in the day. Or if you are, you're creating a system so smoke isn't telling everyone where you are, but yeah, so that whole thing makes no sense, so there's a lot that's like, you're, as the film goes on, and you're learning more information about, you know, what's happening, and a bit more about the characters, like, there are definitely holes in the story, you know, it's just like, the attachment of one of the guys and the girl. That doesn't make any sense. Because, yeah, what he's been getting her... Like, you're just like... Wait, huh? Because the act, the way he was acting to Walter at the very beginning doesn't... Doesn't match up with the supposed feelings and sentiment that's kind of getting told to you halfway through, and you're just like, Wait, what? Huh? This makes no sense. I don't understand. And I, that's, that's the problem, there's a lot of inconsistencies. But, you know, shit happens, and they have to team up. Like, he comes, tries to help, and everything like that. But, you know, stuff happens, all of that. And you're just like, wait, hold on. Hold on. Right, so... 
you're you're now teaming up to try and you know try and do this thing but it doesn't make any sense you know there's just a, a lot of stuff happening that make no sense and it is a, it's it's just an issue it really is you know they they're trying to you know show this big difference within the characters right so they've got um the main guy as like he's meant to be a bit idealistic and blah 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 which i mean that's when you read more information on the film that's what you're getting told but that's not really what you're being shown that's not what's happening in the film <laughs> you know but the, yeah, but they're trying to do that and then the other guy he's like uh, you know meant to be like the 180 and so we're having them clash you know having them clash a lot you know at the beginning and you're just like, wait, just stop it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, just stop it. Because the arguments make no sense. You know, the only reason they're there, because you want to show, you know, this dichotomy of the characters. You want to show, oh, look, they're so different. But they're being forced to work together to do this thing. And it's just like, look, just, yes, yeah, stop. Just stop. Because it's irritating. I mean, so we, we see that. And. Yeah. Like. The whole mission. To get her back. Makes no sense. Makes no. You just get the bit where it's like. um, When should we go in? Be like. We'll wait till daylight. And then go. And we're like. Wait. What? <laughs> Wait, you're going to wait until daylight. So, you're going to then try and get across this open ground, having no one see you. When you could go, you know, at le- like, it could go at s- the beginning of sunrise, right? Still a bit dark. You know, you've still got a little bit of cut, but no, don't do that. And yeah, it, it, it's just like you know this whole mission, and like there's no noise, like no one shouts out, no one shouts for help, no one, and you're just like, wait, but why would that happen? It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, like the the plot is just long. Like the film itself, right? It is a bit long. It is a bit long. It's 136 minutes. 136 minutes. You know? Two hours and sixteen. That is just for what this is, the runtime is an issue. Because there's definitely chunks of the film that are just 
they just feel a bit like padding. Like they don't need to be there. You know, they're throwing in like some flashbacks. Um, but the flashbacks don't really give you that much more. You know, so they, the flashbacks are meant to show you the, the world before it went crazy. Right? So the big, whole beginning of the war, that's what it's meant to be showing us. And then how they went from this family to them being on their own to then just him. That's what all of this, but it doesn't really do that. And so you just think, like, what? What's the point with all of with as many as you're throwing in there? You know, like you could have just given one, or maybe just some really a few really short flashes. But they need to be a bit more focused because what we get is not that focused. They're a bit all over the place. So, yeah, that was a, a, you know, that was a big problem. The music. Like, so, at the beginning, you know, I said there's, we get this montage. Um, Yeah, so there's this music playing while we're, we're seeing these scenes. And it's just, it is very distracting, like the music is very distracting because it's kind of like, huh? Like it's not, you know, opening credits music or anything like that. It's just this weird music that they put in to try and set the scene, but it doesn't. Like the music doesn't work. And look, you can see that, you know, there's budget limitations and stuff like that because they're using the same piece of music. In other parts of the film. And other parts of the film. With different. Like essentially it's meant to have different feelings. Different sentiments. And it's just like. This one bit of music. Cannot reflect all of these moments. Like it needs to be different. And and so yeah. That doesn't work. Like there's this moment. (laughs) When they're in a house. And he's just like, oh, is that one of those things that plays music? And then he's just like, wait, what? Is that one of those things that plays music? It's just like, this isn't crazy in the future. You haven't been away from society for, like, years, decades. You would know what things are, is that, is that a stereo, is that an iPod, is that an MP3, you know what I mean, like, you would, like, just call it what it is, you know, it's just, this this weird language, and, yeah, there, there's, the, the script is a bit clunky, like, in one of the flashback scenes, the, the, the family are watching the TV, well, the mother and the two kids, and it's the older kid, like, he's an older kid, you know, you'd probably be like, I don't know, maybe 12, 13, something like that, you'd imagine, 
And so this thing, ha- like you see, the, we're meant to be seen like the start of the war. And he's just like, oh, is that up? And the new, and the news. So it's the news showing this. And they're like, oh, yes. And so a bomb was just dropped on. And he's just like, mommy, was that just a bomb? And it was just like, wait, what? Like, you've just heard the news say it. You're old enough to understand that. So, there's a lot of over-descriptiveness in the script. And you're just like, but that's not need. It's not needed. It's not needed. And it made the flow of the film very clunky in places. Like, a lot of these supposed arguments and confrontations, like, they didn't flow, even, like, moments when they're meant to be sitting around and talk, like, it it just, there was a weird flow to the film, yeah, yeah, it was just a bit clunky, the script was a bit clunky, it was just all, it, yeah, it, it didn't, it didn't really work as a cohesive unit. That's my uh, problem. Which is a shame. Because, look, you, you know what I mean? You, you give anyone props for actually trying to do something. You know, because there's a lot of people that want to make films, but they don't. There's a lot of people that want to write, and they don't, you know, act, direct, do all of these things. So, yes, when people actually do it, got to give them props for that. But, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're telling this story that the concept itself isn't new, which is fine. You know, it's fine. But, yeah, there needs to be something to draw you in. Like, something to make you want to sit there for, you know, two hours, 15 minutes. And that's the thing that feels to be lacking here. But, you know, look, that's just me. Right? If you're a fan of like post apocalyptic films, this really could be your thing, right? So I would say, look, if you like stuff like, you know, Mad Max 28 Days Later, if you liked another um, light bulb film, um, Pieces from last year, Invasion Planet Earth. You know, I look, yeah, I think if you like those, and especially Invasion Planet Earth, then I think this is for you. You know, I, I think you will enjoy Edge of Extinction. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. If if they were your uh, cup of tea, then check it out. It's available for digital download on Monday the 18th of May. Um, 
you can get it from all your usual places, you know, so, um, Sky Store, Google Play, Apple TV, Microsoft, Sony, Virgin, Amazon, all them spots, you'll be able to get it, uh, and it's gonna be available on DVD a bit later in the year, so, um, you can pre-order it for Monday. There's a link in the information of this episode. And you can also pre-order the um, DVD. Again, that link will be in the uh, episode information. So, uh, there you go, people. Edge of Extinction. Check it out, okay? Cool. Okay, people, so we're at the end of another episode, but before we bounce, let's see what's happening in the world of film. Alright, so, um, Ronald Emmerich is working on a new film called Moonfall. (laughs) He's um, writing the script along with Harold Klosser and Spencer Cohen. And uh, Josh Gad has just uh, signed on to um, star in the film. Okay, so uh, basically... What's happened is um, The moon is knocked from its orbit By a mysterious force And is on a collision course with Earth Dum, dum, dum Life as we know it hangs in the balance And with just weeks to go before impact A ragtag team is sent on a seemingly impossible mission To land on the lunar surface and save humanity And Glad is playing Casey Hoosman A smart but Disorganized genius Who is profoundly Unfiltered and eccentric But also Suddenly one of the most important People on Earth Okay (laughs) We'll see how that goes Alright so um, Also after A um, Ah man You know what I mean after um, it was announced that uh, Don't Worry Darling would be um, the next thing from Olivia Wilde, you know, she's going to be um, directing and starring in this feature. Uh, Dakota Johnson um, is joining the cast, which already includes Florence Pugh, Shayla Booth. Uh, Chris Pine and yeah Wild So the film is going to be about An isolated Utopian community uh, In 1950s California desert And centres on a housewife Who uncovers a disturbing truth About her seemingly perfect life Okay So um, Yeah you know, 
uh, there you go with that. Um, okay, so Netflix have um, yeah signed a deal with Reese Witherspoon, um, who will now be producing and starring in two uh, rom-coms for them. Uh, they're gonna be your place or mine. And the cactus. So, um, your place or mine um, centers on two long distance best friends who change each other's lives when one decides to pursue a lifelong dream and the other volunteers to keep an eye on the friend's teenage son. Yeah, okay. And um, the cactus is. Um, is actually based on a Sarah Haywood novel and it focuses on a woman's unexpected pregnancy at 45. <laughs> oh gosh, that would be unexpected, right? Uh, causing her to rethink the structured life she has created for herself. She then goes on an unconventional journey towards love, family, and learning to embrace the unexpected. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know. There you go. Um. Also. Uh. Um. What have we got? So. Um. Netflix have just got the rights to Bad Trip. Um. Which is a hidden camera feature um, from Jeff Tremaine, um, who uh, you know produced Jackass, and it stars Eric Andre and Leo Rel Howry. Um, they're, they're two best friends on a cross-country road trip full of pranks. Pulling real people into the action. It also is going to be starring Tiffany Haddish. So, um, yeah, yeah, that could be, um, that could be uh, fun. Also coming to um, Netflix is um, Blackbird, which ah uh, is a tremendous film. Um, we uh, looked at it. Late last year, it was um, as it played at the London Film Festival, and it is yeah, it's fantastic. They've also picked up the secrets we keep, and um, a typical Wednesday. All right, that's fun. Uh, so. For um, for the last few months, it's been going back and forth. What's happening with the New Mutants film? You know, some people are saying it's just gonna get canned. Some were like, oh, it's just gonna go onto Disney Plus. But now, Disney have confirmed that it's going to be hitting cinemas on the 28th of August this year. Um, so yeah, that's uh, eh, that's something, right? 
um, also, you know, coming um, some Disney Plus news. So uh, they are going to be, um, yeah, showing a new six-part documentary series called Into the Unknown. The Making of Frozen 2 So it's going to be About the behind the scenes Making of the film So um, Yeah You know that could be fun right Like the creative team Open their doors to cameras For the series to reveal What it takes to create The biggest animated film Of all time and a first in-depth look at the creation of a modern Walt Disney Animation Studios feature film. So, uh, yeah, that's fun. So, I believe it should be hitting on the 26th of June. And, um, hey, finally, this is fun. So, um... Coming to Disney Plus on July the 3rd Will be a um, filmed version Of the um, you know, musical production of Hamilton So this was the, one of the original ones With Lin-Manuel Miranda um, So yeah That's a lot of fun So um, yeah Looking forward to that Alright people That is us For this week Alright so um, Enjoy your film watching And we will be back Next Thursday Alright So uh, take it easy people Got a million dollar clip Y'all need nothing Hey Hey